What's really good and welcome back to another episode of the Sanchez Show. I'm your host, Eric Sanchez, aka Legend of Two Games. We're three weeks away from the NBA draft, so I had to invite the big homie back, Andrew Salop, host of Combos Court. Drew, what's going on, bro? Everything's good, man. You know, just working on Combos Court, uh, being a father to baby combo, you know. I see. I see, man. You're doing you're doing a lot of great things out here, man. I'm a, I'm a big fan of your work. I've told you that plenty of times. I see you had the legend Bob Ryan on recently. Uh, yeah, that was so, great. Yeah, talk talk that, about that a little bit. Congrats on that, because man, he is truly a legend in the sports journalistic world. Man, super legendary. So, like, I even talked to him about this on the pod, which I dropped today. Like, that was probably one of the first basketball books I read, which was called Drive, when he, which he co-authored with Larry Bird. And, you know, when I'm dropping these podcasts, I'm kind of dropping them and then going on to the next, dropping them, going on to the next. But I really listened to that today. I'm like, this is kind of legendary. I'm not even going to lie. Like, this is pretty cool. Um, Just the conversation was really good. Like, all the episodes are my kind of like, you know, like kids, you know, I I won't say one's better than the other, but this was kind of legendary. I'm not even going to lie. Like, it was a really cool conversation. We talked about 1970s NBA basketball before Magic and Bird even came. You know, we talked uh, current Celtics basketball. We talked all kinds of great stuff. Pistol Pete on the Celtics, which a lot of people don't even remember. So it's the end, yep. Yeah, we talked about the current Celtics. Like, it was just a great conversation. I really appreciate him for coming on and all my guests that came on. You know, No, nah, absolutely, man. He is truly a legend. When I saw you had him on, I immediately was like, oh, wow. Because I remember, you know, just being a young student at a game watching the sports reporters on Sunday mornings. Right. And, and him being on and, and always already being a fan of his work. And I've heard some of his peers, how highly they, they regard him and speak of him. You know, Jackie McMullen always speaks very highly of him. So I'm sure it's a great interview for anybody who hasn't checked it out. Make sure you head over. Combo's Court is streaming across all major platforms. And I already know it's a great interview. So I encourage everyone to check it out. Appreciate um, that. With that being said, like I said, we're about three weeks away from the NBA draft. Uh, it's a unique situation going on tonight because uh, Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Maxey are holding individual workouts tonight. Um, kind of popped up out of the blue. It, it wasn't much... Uh, publicity put behind it up until like a few days ago. I know you think very highly of Anthony Edwards. Are you expecting to see anything different from these workouts? Is this a workout that you would even recommend for him being that he's expected to go within the top two or three picks? No, I don't get it. Like if I was Anthony as Edwards agent or even family member, I'm like, you're a top one or two pick. Like, what's the point? I don't really get it. I mean, it must've been his decision, right? Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't understand it at all. I mean, I understand the kid wants to hoop, but, you know, you don't have to hoop in front of the cameras right now. You're the number one pick. Not saying it'll hurt him. It's just there's no point for him. In my I opinion. agree. I 1,000% yeah. agree as well. I, I don't see it. There is no there's no other way for him to boost his value at this point. He's already yeah. projected to be, you know, he at, at worst, he's going number three. He's not slipping past number three. So what is the work? But I will give a miss, us? though. It shows a lot of confidence. Shows a yeah. lot of confidence. Yeah, but I'm, yeah. we know, we know, and, and you know better than I would, these individual workouts, they're not going to show much. They, they're going to show yeah. the strengths of his game. They're going to show a couple of things he's working on. And for the most part, just leave it up to the imagination. Um, I think the the real way he he solidifies his number one spot is through his individual uh, interviews, not workouts. As long as he knocks out yeah. his interviews, I think it's, it's a sure bet that he's going number one. Now, you've always spoke highly of him. Do you feel Minnesota is the best fit for him at number one, or do you feel that there's another team in that top 10 that's a better fit? Uh, like, it would be cool to see him on Atlanta, but he'll never slip that far. So I think he's the best fit for Minnesota because the 
they should just take the best player. So I think it's the best fit for Minnesota. I think it's the best fit for him. I know he wants to go number one, I'm sure. So, I mean, I, I like Minnesota. I don't, the thing is in this draft, I don't think there's a perfect player in this draft for Minnesota. And I don't even think their team is fully formed yet. I think they're going to try and make some moves too in free agency. So um, it's hard to say what the best fit would be, but he's going to have to, if he goes to Minnesota, he's going to have to learn to play with the, without the ball a little bit, which will be interesting. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a strength of his, but it's something he could easily improve because he has, he has a great shooting stroke. Like his percentages weren't great, but he could really get it off whenever he wants. And it's a nice stroke. So, and he has all the tools to be a defender. So he's like three and D plus. I mean, that's not really his role. Like his, his role would be like with the basketball. I think that would be his best way to play, you know, have him playing, but we'll see what develops. Absolutely. As you said, yeah, with the board, that's probably his, his greatest strength, but yeah, you yeah. have to make some adjustments depending on where he lands. And that you brought up a great point that I wanted to talk about as well. Um, trades, free agency, there's a lot of uncertainty, obviously, about this offseason because the season just ended a few weeks ago and there's already potential quick turnaround where there's some talk about possibly coming back in December or January. Do you expect to see a lot of trades on draft night since teams won't really have the opportunity to be as uh, what's the best word do you say? I, I guess um, be as impactful through free agency. Do you expect to see more trades on draft night? I do. I expect to see a lot of trades because things are pretty quiet right now with the rumors. And when things get pretty quiet, that means probably a lot of things are happening. So, yeah, I'm expecting to see a lot of trades. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of shaking up in the league. And with the financial situation, I think some teams will probably make some weird trades so they won't have to pay as much salary, you know and get way below that uh, luxury tax line. Absolutely. Um, what are your thoughts on LaMelo? Because there's a, a recent report coming out that he's struggling in his individual interviews. Um, there has been some talks, Ian Bagley has, has reported that Golden State is actually looking to move their pick. So obviously there's some teams looking to move up. Do you think he's a lock at number two or number three, or do you see him slipping in this draft? I don't think anybody's a lock for anything in this draft, to be honest, you know? Um, those guys could go one, two, and three, LaMelo, Edwards, and Wiseman. So I've always liked LaMelo. I just thought Anthony Edwards has higher upside, but LaMelo, is, his vision is, is insane, and his feel for the game is insane. You just got to get that shooting better, you know? So if he could get the shooting better, uh, work on defense, which a lot of these prospects have to work on, he has a really high upside. As I said before, Everywhere he played, which was a better level every single year, he showed and proved that he could play, you know. Um, I've heard people say that NBA, that NBL league isn't good. It's a good overseas league. It's not Euro league. It's not the top, but it's really good with grown men with really good guards that are professionals. And uh, actually, a lot of New York guards are there. A lot of good New York guards are there. So it's a good league. He played well. He has great vision. Um, I think he has a high ceiling. I just think Anthony Edwards has a higher ceiling, and it's nothing against LaMelo. Right. But I, I mean, you, you feel he could drop, he can go anywhere from top three to within the top 10. Um, obviously, I don't think so he'll drop to, I don't think he'll drop to 10. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think he'll drop lower than 10. I think there are scenarios that could play out. Um, I mean, this is a guard heavy draft. So it's really about preference. You know, if someone likes Hayes more or they like Halliburton more, if they like Maxi more, there's a, there's a potential of quote unquote sliding in the draft based off of preference. Yeah, I like Hayes, too. It's interesting. Uh, Kevin O'Connor was talking about how he's number one on his uh, big board. 
I don't know about his mock draft, but his big board. Yeah, I, I saw five. that. Yeah, on the, on the ringer.com, he has him number one. Um, and he, he also has a, a, a mock uh, trade that takes place with that number one pick that would kind of shake up the draft as well. Because in his scenario, LaMelo actually, I think, falls to like number five or number six in his scenario. So that's what yeah. I mean. It's, it's really all about preference. Um, speaking of Maxi, as a Nick fan, I really like Maxi as well. I don't know if we would take him at number eight. What are your thoughts on Maxi and his overall potential? I like Maxi. Um, you know, he gets to the rim. He's strong. He can shoot. Uh, but if Tyrese Halliburton's on that board when the Knicks are drafting, I would take Tyrese. I think he's going to be a really good NBA player at the least. Um, his spot-up shooting numbers were 99th percentile in college. I just think he's a better prospect than Tyrese Maxey. So if he's available at that spot, which I think he might be, I would go with Tyrese. He could play the point guard. He could play off the ball with the spot-up shooting numbers that I just mentioned. And um, great feel for the game. It just makes everybody around him better, makes his team better, which he proved in college. I really like his game. Like, he's going to be a good NBA player. I'm pretty confident about that. I agree. I think he's going to be pretty good uh, as well. He's got a very smooth game that I think is going to transition over to the NBA game, like, seamlessly. I think um, so. But let, let's transition off the draft, and let's transition to some teams who, who hired some new head coaches this week. Uh, we know, or within the last two weeks, I should say, Doc Rivers going to Philly. Ty Lue gets the Clipper job. Stan Van Gundy, I was a little surprised, gets the Pelican job. Which of these fits do you like the best? I like Stan Van and Jeff Van with media, man. <laughs> but um, I like Doc Rivers with the Sixers and uh, it's an interesting combination with now Daryl Morey and uh, Ben and Joel they don't really fit his style of play which I just talked about with uh, Bob Ryan on the podcast a little bit briefly but man it's going to be a, it, unless they trade one of them which I don't think they should I think they should try and make it work with Doc Rivers in this new look that he'll have this new perspective he'll have I think that's really interesting with the Sixers Doc, so I always felt like they needed a new look, even though I thought Britt Brown's a pretty good coach. I just thought they needed a new look, like it wasn't working, nothing against him. And this is a new look with a guy that's a top five NBA coach, in my opinion. So I think you run it back, even though it's not a, it's not an ideal mix for Maury, but Maury is so smart. I think people just put him in the box that he just wants his team to shoot a lot of threes, which could be true. But I think he could figure it out. I think he's really smart and he could try some new things with those two. I wouldn't trade either one of them. And I still think that Houston was such an interesting team and the Sixers were such an interesting team this past year. And I think they still are uh, with, with Silas as the new coach over there at Houston. Uh, he looks at basketball in a, in a modern way of thinking, but still could. He still relates to the current modern NBA player, and I think they get. I think they'll all get along, and I think it'll be pretty cool there. I I, I want to see them both play, man. I think it's going to be another interesting year for them, which is which is good. So, the Maury situation is interesting to me because I felt like Philly a few years ago when they moved on from Sam Hankey and went with the Colangelos and brought in Elton Brand. It was almost like them doing away with analytics. Like they they weren't fond of, of the way Hankey was running things, but we know Maury and Hankey are from the same school of thought. So, and, and you beat me to it as far as should they shake up the roster? What would you do? What do you think they really need on that team? And let's say they keep the two young stars. What should they be targeting? Because they're in a very tough spot financially with the, with the Horford contract, with the Tobias contract. They don't have much wiggle room. Where would you go to upgrade that roster? It's interesting you said that because we could backpedal and talk about the Clippers. They fired Doc Rivers or parted ways, whatever you want to say, to bring in his protege. 
Yeah. Probably comes with a similar train of thought. I mean, uh, so that's interesting right there in itself, right? That it is. They fired Doc Rivers to bring in Ty Lue, who was always under Doc Rivers' wing, who probably shares a lot of his same perspectives. So the, that's yeah. – I, I think – yeah, go ahead. No, I was say one of the things I read, which um, which I found interesting, was that so Doc and and um, and the ownership group and Ballmer they spoke and Ballmer came away from it feeling that Doc wasn't accepting the responsibility that he played in, in this thing falling apart. So there there are a number of different parts to this. Say that again. Say that again. Steve Ballmer came away from their meetings feeling like Doc wasn't accepting enough of the responsibility or taking enough of the responsibility for the Clippers flaming out in the playoffs. What do you uh, want him to say? What do you want him to say? Like According according to a report by Ramona Shelburne that, that was on ESPN.com, uh, Doc was kind of spreading the blame of, uh, amongst the coaching staff and the players and making oh, it wow. almost, okay. almost excluding himself from what went wrong there. That's not that cool. No, no, it's not. And one of the things they kept talking about was that, you know, the players never really wanted to be in the bubble. Um, you know, guys. Yeah, there was a lot of reports out. of that with the yes. Clippers. That, yeah. And you could just tell by the way they played, you know. So I wonder if Ballmer already had the eye on Ty Lue. Because, I mean, no disrespect to Doc. Doc is a very good coach. But Doc was given everything. I mean, he had a star-studded coaching staff with Lou and Cassell, who are both. Obviously, Lou has another head coaching job. Cassell has the potential to be a head coach in the league they made all the roster moves to give him a championship caliber team. So at the end no of the lead, day, no leadership though. That was the one thing that was missing, but they built this team based off of what and you, and you know who they want now, you know what Rondo. I'm hearing who they want now. Yo, if Rondo wins a championship with them, we got to look at him really different, right? Yeah. Like I agree. Like, in, in terms of like all, his all time ranking. <laughs> uh, I don't want to have that conversation. No, okay. Yet. I'm not, no, I'm not saying top 10. I'm saying him as a specific player where he ranks all time, wherever you had him before, if he goes to the Clippers and they win and he's a big, and he could, he's a big tr- contributor. He wins three championships on three different teams. I mean, we gotta, I mean, we all know Rondo's great anyway, but we really have to look at his career a little bit different. So if, if like, he would have go to, he's a Clippers, definite hall of famer. Absolutely. That's, that's not even yeah. debatable. He's going yeah. into the hole. But if he were to go to the Clippers and win, wouldn't he be maybe a, a, just a notch above Robert Ory? No. In regards to being a hired gun. I'm not talking about the player itself. Because Robert, Robert Ory, Ory did the same never, thing. Robert Ory was never on the hierarchy of a team like Rondo was with the Celtics. When he, but I'm like, saying Ron, but, like Rondo was dropping 40, right? 40 something. Early like, in his career. But, yeah, but yeah, the Rondo, now, Rondo now is a hired gun. He's a veteran yeah. that you bring in that that's a proven winner. So this would be no different than when Robert Ory helped the Lakers win a three P and then went to San Antonio, helped them win two more. It's a little different. I mean, I feel like Rondo's just a higher level player than Robert Ory in his prime. And we have to take prime into consideration. Fair. Comparing players. You know fair, what I mean? Fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think the, the move, I think the Clippers have a couple moves they could make if they decide that they want to move forward with this roster. They're going to have a lot of questions to answer, though, because uh, do they bring Montrez back? Do they bring Morris back? And I think Morris is the trickier one because they gave up a first-round pick for Morris. So if you just allow him to walk, knowing that all those other future assets are no longer yours either because you either giving up that first-round pick or you've got a pick swap with Oklahoma City, they're in a tough spot. They may have to bring back Morris. Yeah, that's interesting. Those guys, I, I think you could let one of them go because – they're kind of like both tweeners. 
a little bit. And I don't think you need two tweeners on your team. You know, I think you pick one or the other. I agree. Um, and go with the, and they get more versatile type, like, you know, swing men, even though that's kind of like what Kawhi and Paul George are to the highest level, but still you get more of those type of guys and you could, you know, you could really do something with that. So, yeah. Yeah. They're going to have a lot of questions to answer on that roster because they got to figure out again between those two guys. And I think they're going to try to move either Beverly or Lou will. They're going to try to move one of those guys. So this roster could yeah. look different next yeah. year. I would, you know what? I wouldn't give up Beverly. I wouldn't give up Beverly, man. That guy's defense. I, I understand. But if, if what we're hearing from Kawhi is true, that they he would like a point guard and a playmaking point guard, you're going to have to move Bev. That's true. That's true. That's you know, I mean, if, if you get Rondo, are you comfortable moving Bev at that point? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because so, Rondo actually, Rondo is actually playing great defense in the bubble. Obviously, yeah. it's a little bit different with no travel. He might have been able to recover at a higher level, and he'll be a year older next year. So, we'll see how that goes into play. Right. Um, what about what about Harden? Do you think he's potentially on a trade block? Because we talked about new head coach, new GM coming in. He's going to be 32 at the start of the season. Do they try to move him now and get the most value for him, or do you think they're running back one more time with him in Westbrook? I like. Um, I like the coaching hire. So before the coaching hire, I was saying that uh, they're probably going to have to move on soon because they're not really championship contenders. And uh, it's not going to be helpful for Harden's career for him to be there. And it's not going to be helpful for the Rockets to have Harden winning them all these regular season games. And they're kind of just caught in the middle, not able to, you know, get a nice lottery and uh, start rebuilding, get a nice lottery slot and start rebuilding. So, yeah, I think... They should run it back one more year, though, with the new head coach and stylist. But uh, you're getting pretty close to that time where you're going to have to move on, I think, and uh, blow things up. I mean, realistically, how, how long? Not to say he won't be a top 10 player, but how long do you hold on before you try to move him? I'd say this, after this year for sure. And even, even this year, it's like I wouldn't be mad at it if they blew it up this year. But with the new coaching hire, which I really like, I thought it was interesting. Um, I really like the way that he looks at the game. So, yeah, I would try one more year, but after that, it might be over. You know, Westbrook's going to be getting older. Their chances of winning a championship are just going to be less and less every year, you know? Right. And I really like them. Like, I thought they were super dangerous, but they just ran into the wrong team, you know? They just ran into the wrong team. I mean, that's that's been their bugaboo for the last three years. I mean, they, you know, they ran into Golden State two times when they probably were the second best team. Well, that was – well, Chris Paul got hurt, right? Chris uh, Paul three got years hurt. ago, That was yes. big. That was, mm -hmm. that was tough. I mean, yeah, it was big, yeah, but yeah. we a lot of people overlooked the fact that when they played Golden State last season, KD wasn't there. They had the opportunity then. That was the opportunity to take advantage of Golden State, and they couldn't. Yeah, I think and people I, are a little too. I think people are a little too high on Golden State this year. Really? I don't think they're. Yeah, I don't think they're contenders. Why not? Because the combination of everything. Uh, Unless they land some kind of crazy, crazy free agent, they're just not the same team. Like they caught lightning at a bottle during that time period. It's a new day and age. There's a lot of good NBA teams. Clay and Steph are going to have to adjust to getting back in the league in a full schedule. That's going to take about a year, I think. I think Clay will come back great, but he's not going to be 100% right away. They don't have KD anymore. They don't have Andre Godala anymore. And it's just a new day and age, you know? But. I think the year after they actually probably have a better chance to win the championship than this upcoming year. 
I, I think the stoppage in play and now the delayed start actually plays to their advantage. A lot of these teams... It does, but... Yeah, it does, but I just don't... I, I just think the combination of all those things... When you're a championship-level team, you got to have, like, the combination of everything. Chemistry, health. Um, going into this season, it's going to take some time, I think, you know? It's going to take I'm, some time. I don't think the chemistry is going anywhere. I think... I don't think the health is as big of a deal as we making it out to be either because remember Steph and Draymond played this year. They just sat out parts of the season. So I think they were already getting their rhythm. Clay is going to be the one that's going to have to get integrated again and, and get back to full speed. But if, if we list the Western conference teams, can we honestly say there are five teams better than golden state? Um, I think the Lakers will be better. I think the I Clippers will be better. Okay. I think Denver coming off. Even though there's a chance Denver might not even do as good next year as they did this year. I think there's a pretty good chance of that. They could be better. You know, if, if Bubble Murray continues, like Bubble Murray, and he, he plays like that for – or even close to that for a whole season, man, I think they could be better too. Dallas, if if KP is healthy, I think Dallas could be better. I think it's going to be tough for them. I think it's going to be tougher than people think. I think the West is really loaded. And, I mean – Harden, Westbrook. I mean, we just talked about that. They're going to give it one more shot, most likely. Yeah, but they're not better than Golden State, though. No, they're not. But, I mean, honestly, a fully loaded Rockets could really beat anybody, though. I still believe that. I think so. I think I agree with the first two teams you mentioned. They're a high variance. They're a high variance team. Put it that way. Like they could lose anybody and beat anybody. Yeah, I. I think the 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 Rockets are going to be interesting to see what they do with the rest of that roster because I would be shocked if under a new head coach and a new GM, they come back and, and try to play the same style. I, I, I would just be shocked. They come back with that same roster without trying to upgrade, at least on the front line. But Lakers, Clippers, yes, I would agree with you. I, I have them as better than Golden State right now until we see otherwise. I'm not putting Denver. I'm not putting Dallas ahead of those guys. Denver, Denver was moments away from getting bumped in the first round in five games. Like, we, we can't no, forget that. Murray got high. Oh, no, I'm with you. There's a chance that they won't be as good next year as they were this year. Right. Playoffs. And, and Dallas, we, we've been saying if KP can stay healthy since he was in New York. Like, at some point, we got to call it what it is. The, the guy, you know, as, as, you know, supremely gifted as he is, he just can't stay healthy. So I'm not going to say if he's healthy. He's got to show me he's healthy first. Luca, I think the world of Luca. I think Luca's a stud. But KP's got to stay healthy before we can actually start anointing that team as more than a team who's going to be a sixth or seventh, maybe eighth seed in the West. Luca can take them there. In order for them to be special, KP has to show us more than what he's shown us. Well, what if, what if Luca makes another leap? <laughs> I mean, even with another leap, is, is the supporting class is, is the supporting cast good enough? Yeah, that's true. That's true. They they need KP. You're right. 100%. They need they but with need a healthy him. with a healthy KP, they can win the West. Absolutely, I agree yeah. with that. I agree with that. Because KP at his best is an MVP level player. I if agree. He, like, it's, and if he improves on top of what he already was, I know this is asking for a lot for a guy who continuously gets injured because you keep taking two steps back every time you get injured. But man, him at his best is they got two MVP level players if they're both at their best and if Luca makes another leap. So I, I agree. It, listen, people forget that year that he got hurt. Um, his last year, he actually played with the Knicks. I knew you were going to go back to the Knicks. I just do it. <laughs> I mean, I got the K people right here. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but um, no, no, I mean, he, he was special for us. He was. Yeah, yeah, but the guy uh, just can't stay on the court, man. 
He's got to stay on the court. If he's on I the mean, court, you could say the same thing about Joel. You could say the same thing about Joel, right? Yeah, but Joel's shown us flashes, at least in the playoffs as well. KP hasn't even shown us that. Yeah. You know, and Joel, I think Joel is a little bit more about conditioning. He always seems to, he, he follows the well, that's an that issue. That means, you, that means you don't care. That's a big issue. <laughs> I, I, and we're hoping that Doc can make him care. I think, yeah, yeah. I think Joel is a top 10 talent. No, for, well, first of all, it has to sw- there has to be a switch in his own brain for him to care. It's really not Doc. Like, that's, that's my opinion. Yeah, but some players like to be motivated in that way. Some guys can't be coddled. Some guys can't be baby. You know, you got, you got a lot of times. A lot of times your conditioning depends on how you look at yourself, how you treat yourself as a professional, not even in practice. Like practice is like, that's like the baseline. Like that's what everybody's doing. And then now in the NBA, you're not even doing that anymore with a lot of these teams. Like we know a lot of these star players like make their own schedule so they could revolve their training schedule around what they do. So it really, I think Joel needs to, from within, figure things out. I don't think that part of it has to do with Doc. I think Doc's role is just positioning, tactical, where you're putting guys, you know, like, which is so important in itself. But I think Joel needs to look within, you know? Fair enough. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, he does need to be a little bit motiv- more motivated, whether it's a self, being a self-starter yeah. or- Guy's eating burgers, right? right? On the stretch. What was he eating on the stretcher that day? Come on. Yeah, he was getting stretched out eating a cheeseburger. You know, and like Come I said, on, man. Similar, like, similar be, to, wait, you got to be trolling doing that, though. You got to be. No, I think that was really him. Like he was watching something on his phone, like kicking back. But there's cameras everywhere. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> I, I think that's him. I, yeah, I yeah. think that's him, you know, but we'll see. I, I'm, I'm hoping Doc gets the most out of him because I really like Joel. I think he's a top 10 talent. He's a guy who I've, I've always thought highly of, but I would love to see him and Ben take that next step in the East. The East is going to be loaded next year, though. Most definitely. Most what definitely. Your, what What are your thoughts on um, Kyrie, KD? It's Listen, they get a new head coach, first-time head coach. They get a first-time assistant coach in Amari. Then we hear, obviously, the comments from Kyrie saying, we really don't need a coach. We can kind of coach ourselves. He throws the jab at LeBron. It's been a very eventful offseason for him. What are your thoughts on, on Kyrie and the Nets overall? Well, I think if KD is the KD that we all know that, uh, man, they could still win the East because that guy is just different. Like, he's like a cheat code. Like, there's nothing really you could do with him. I, I mean, sometimes we got to keep it simple. Like, I love the deep analysis. But if KD's like 100%, like, it's over. It, it, it's just tough for teams to deal with, you know. But, you know, I, I was on a Renee P. Washington's podcast, Locked on Wizards, and she was on mine. I forgot which podcast we discussed this, but she thinks they're really going to, Kyrie and KD are really going to clash. I'm not so sure about that. What are your thoughts on that? I completely agree. I, I'm on record as already saying that this is going to be the only season they play together. I think this is it for them. Wow. Yeah. So you guys both, like, like I respect Renee's opinion and your opinion. You're both saying this. I mean, that's, uh, you know. Because I, I, I just think that, they needed they needed a little bit more leadership out of the head coaching position. I don't know if Nash is going to be that guy. I, I understand the thinking behind and that's bringing him in because they probably view him as um, an extension of what Kerr was doing with the offense in Golden State, and maybe he can bring that to Brooklyn. But they need more leadership. For, for Kyrie to come out and say what he said it speaks to him as a leader on that team. He's not looking to listen yeah. to nobody else. He's going to do what he wants to do. And there's going to be some bumpy parts of this situation 
you know, how is Karras going to fit into playing with these two guys? Because Karras looked better playing without him. How is yeah. how is yeah 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 I, no no I don't I've said that on the pod before I don't think he's the right fit for that team right you I know mean, how is Kyrie how is, KD you need more three and D you need more absolutely need more spot up shooting you need more defense on that team um and I told a friend of mine said like when I was saying that Drew Holiday would be a great fit for the Lakers he told me that Drew Holiday would be a better fit for Brooklyn I'm like no way because you need like Drew Holiday is a good shooter but he's not a like he's a great defensive player, but he's not really a spot up guy. He's more shot creation, which the Lakers need a lot more of than anything else. And like probably like a Kyle Korver or JJ Redick or well, those guys can't defend that well. That's the issue with them. But JJ's so, a you know, JJ's an average defender. Yeah, because somebody who could you know who would be really good? Daniel House. Oh, he would well, help yeah. I mean, a lot Rockets, of those Rockets guys. Yeah, a lot of those say- Rockets guys. Rockets yeah. got about three guys over there. Uh, House, Covington, those so guys wait, would be So can you get it? For what House did, can you get him cheap now? Like, could you get his services cheap? Because, like, maybe teams won't rock with it? Uh, that, look, Brooklyn Houston, should look into that. Yeah, I mean, Houston, if, if they feel like what he did was so egregious, it's like, we moving on. Yeah, you can get him for cheap. But um, yeah, only, yeah, way, yeah. only, exactly. only way Holiday fits with the Nets is if Kyrie's willing to play more off ball. If Kyrie's willing to play more off ball. Which he's Holiday done before with LeBron, right? To a certain extent, I think LeBron helped him a lot along the way, and, and LeBron would give him those moments where it's like, "Go ahead, run the show." Yeah. Um. But it. But if Kyrie's gonna be willing to play off the ball, then maybe it can work with Dinwiddie and let Dinwiddie and and Karras handle the ball a little bit more. But if he wants to be the primary ball handler and be the primary facilitator, it's not gonna work, and it wouldn't work with Drew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, man, I kind of understand Kyrie's point of view because that guy is so offensively talented. He's so skilled. He's probably one of the most skilled ball players you've ever seen. But he does have to do some sacrificing when you have somebody like KD on your team, you know? You have to do a little bit of sacrifice. So Kyrie bugs me out because Kyrie, he will go on and on about leadership and then say things like this. Like, this isn't leadership. Saying, yeah, yeah. saying those type of things, are that's not leadership because, as we say, yeah, you're gifted offensively. You're a star in the league. But how does that sit in the locker room amongst those other guys who don't have the same clout as you when you're saying we don't really need a head coach because the moment that right. Kyrie does his own thing, it's going to be viewed by other people. Like there he goes again, doing whatever he wants to do. He's not paying attention. So if he don't got to do it, why well, I got to do it for sure. No, no, most definitely. I agree with you. I mean, and also you got younger guys looking at you who knows that who's at the end of that bench looking at Kyrie, you well, know, at the end of that roster, that's just, that's all about uh culture and chemistry and leadership and it's you're right i agree with you i mean karis is a perfect example karis is a future star of the league i you convinced me on karis way before i was i was on that bandwagon i you know and you saw him in the bubble i saw him in the bubble and i saw a lot of things i liked about him he's going to be one of those guys watching the leaders of this team figuring out like how should i conduct myself week in week out yeah 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 so yeah no i'm with you that's something else you gotta you gotta watch out for on there. And also, he's like, Karis is gonna be like, yo, if these guys are acting like, like that, I could act like this. You know, it's a man. You're right. It's not a good start, but we'll see what develops because the KD effect is like, it's kind of like, uh, it's not quite the LeBron effect, but it's pretty close. You know, it, it, he gives him a big <laughs> boost. No, he gives him a big yeah. boost. But I, I gotta ask you though, because you mentioned it earlier about Clay needing a year to to get himself back in, in game shape and game rhythm. Yeah. Don't you see the same thing for KD? No, you're right. And that's why I said, if it's the same KD, 
But there's a good chance that he will be like 90, 95. And the thing with KD is this game's not really predicated off athleticism. He's such an efficient shooter. So I don't think a, a slight, a slightly less athletic KD will be ineffective. You know what I mean? Like he'll still be really good, but you're right. You know, he might not be a hundred percent. And I think they need a hundred percent KD for that team. So, so at least make yeah. a championship run. Yeah. 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 For next year. Like that's yeah. what I said. If that's a big, if like if it's, if you just say KD. Um, yeah. I mean, now you say KD. I yeah, think yeah. 90% Achilles, KD gets in the Achilles, second round. Exactly. Yeah, it's a big difference. It's a big difference. But, you know, they're saying a lot of things like that's not the leg he jumps off of and all this other stuff. So we'll see. I mean, we, we'll have to wait and see. I am interested to see him come back because I'm a big fan of his game, uh, regardless yeah, of him he's, playing. He's like, a, he's like a cheat. Like, if you got a video game, he's like a cheat code. You know? Right. He, he is that guy, man. We got to see. We yeah. talked about some guys getting traded. Um, obviously, Drew Holiday. I know, I know you think highly of him. Who do you think might be the biggest yeah. name we see get moved uh, during this offseason? We, we're hearing Oladipo's name floating around out there. Obviously, Boston's going to dangle Gordon Hayward. Uh, CP3's name is getting thrown out there. Who do you think might be the biggest name we hear? Yeah, CP3 might be in there. But uh, a lot of people are saying the Lakers, and I don't think it'll be the Lakers because how's that going to work with the money? I mean, you're going to have to – you're going to have to give up a lot, but I think CP three could be out of there because they're going to try and rebuild and CP three is going to take them somewhere. They don't want to go. You know, they're going to be really good, but not good enough. And I don't think OKC wants to be there right now. So yeah, I think CP three will be out of there. It'll be interesting where though, and how he'll fit money wise, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think the Lakers, I, I don't see them making it work because OKC is going to have better offers. I, I think. From I don't see how it could work. Like what, 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 what would they have to do? You know? I mean, to, to get him, first of all, Kuzma's got to be in a deal, but Kuzma's not enough. I don't think Kuzma's enough. Yeah, so basically what, what you would have, like, if you trade, like, four guys, what are you going to have? CP3, AD, LeBron, and, like, like a bunch of two-way D-League guys playing? Like, it, it's going to be – it's not going to it's not gonna make sense, really, you know? They, they can't – yeah. I, only, yeah. The only way Lakers can get CP3 is if they get a third team involved because the Lakers don't have any future picks that they can really throw in a deal. Uh, Kuzma's really the only young guy they have that has value. Everybody else is a vet. So if you're OKC, you're but not then again, But then again, if LeBron pushes something, he's known to be right. Like, his teams are good. His teams are automatically, you know, high-level playoff teams and usually make the championship when yeah. when franchises listen to him, you know? Yeah, but so. but if you're OKC, again, what is it that, that the Lakers can offer that's a value to you? I mean, Kuzma is valuable, I think. To give up CP3, I think you're going to get better offers than Kuzma. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, Kuz, well, Kuzma's value is higher right now, right? Then just because you won a championship, it's it's probably high, but I don't think it's like I think. And he I don't, proved he could play on a winning team. Yeah, but if if you're OKC, you're not close enough to winning a championship. So what you want is future assets and young pieces that you can continue to build um, with Shea Gillis. Because you don't they're think in a situation, fit, you don't you don't feel he fits with SGA? I think they're a decent fit. I, not that I don't think he fits. I just think that you're going to have better offers. You could you can get a similar type player and get future assets from somewhere else. I mean, well, I'm not I'm not I, I I don't want the Knicks to go get him. But if if the <laughs> Knicks if the Knicks said if the Knicks were to say, look, we'll toss you Kevin Knox, we'll toss you Kevin Knox, Frank, and and two future protected first. Isn't that better than Kuzma? No. You wouldn't take two future first 
Kevin Knox, who's, who's pretty a similar skill set to Kuzma. No. Skill set? Not a similar skill set. No. Yeah, I mean, look, we could say skill set about Kevin Knox all we want. We could look at him like he has great length and he could knock down threes and he, he should be a defender, but he really doesn't do any of those things that well. At right. least he has a proof still. But if you're, if you're Oklahoma City, you'll take the chance on that, knowing you're still getting those two future firsts. Well, the only sure thing out of all of that is Kuzma, right? Yeah, but again, if you're Oklahoma City, so if you're Oklahoma City, you're in a situation where it's like, all right, so if we take Kuzma on, are we extending him a year from now? Because his contract's going to be up. So are we Are we sure? Well, that, mean, that means... That means he could, they could make that decision. You know, it leaves them. But the, you're not getting anything open. else with them, though. That's what I'm saying. You're not, it, it's still yeah, that big true. if of, all right, I take him. And if it works out. Oh, no, great. you, you, you unload CP3. That's what you've done, right? But I don't think to them, unloading CP3 isn't as big a deal as some people make it out to be. They were a playoff team this year with CP3. Well, well with the pandemic, it's important because I think teams are trying to really unload contracts. Like, I think it's a different time now. Like, I think that has a lot of value to teams. Yeah, but OKC isn't one of those teams that's at, that falls in line with that because after next season, Adams comes off the books, Gallinari comes off the books this year, and I think Schroeder comes off the books next year as well. So they got three of their bigger contracts already coming off the books. And that's another one. So, and yeah, but, but, how, but how, how, much is, how much is CP3's contract this year? CP3 is getting close up. to 30 plus million. He's in the mid 30s. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, while while you, while you're rebuilding, you would like to save money as right. much as possible. You know, that's is, a lot is, of money to City, a team that doesn't want to win. Is Oklahoma City ever going to be a premier uh destination for top-notch free agents? Well, they have to they have to <laughs> hope so or they got to build through the through the draft. So, right. they got to do one or the other or hopefully both. Right. So, that's why I say yeah. if, if you look to move CP3, the the best case scenario is to move him while getting the future asset, even if you don't view Kevin Knox or you don't think of him that highly, that's fine. But if you're, if you're able to get protected picks from the Knicks, say, all right, you know what? That gives us more first round future assets. And if, if Knox does develop, but great, you, we got him for cheap. But if I, just I understand what you're now, saying, but you don't want to see him with the Knicks. So see who? Oh, CP3. Yeah. I, I know, I know for a fact that the Knicks only want CP3 uh, for branding purposes. It makes the, it makes the brand look good. It gives us a, a proven veteran inside the locker room that could be the mouthpiece to other guys to say, hey, look, what they're building over here is something good, and you should you should be interested in it too. That's the only reason the Knicks are doing it. CP3, with the roster as, as currently constructed, even if we keep Randall, that's still a team that only wins maybe 35 games. Yeah. Now, Mitchell no. Robinson's game might get better because now he'll have a, a legitimate point guard to throw him a lot of lobs and get him easy layups. Um Julius Randle might look a little better because he won't have to worry about dribbling 80 times in a post and somebody could just feed him. But is CP3 really going to help the development of RJ Barrett? Um, yeah, if you think RJ Barrett could play off the ball, I, I think. So I, I, and I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how good you could be with with um, RJ playing with the ball, like him being your primary scorer, right? Yeah, I, I think RJ at best, I've said it before, I think RJ at best is probably going to be a third option. You know what he'd be, you know what his ideal situation would be having like an Iguodala role? Um, yeah, I, I can see that. You know what I mean? He, I don't think he's going to be the best player on a championship team where he's a primary ball handling, creating offense and shot creation from him. You know, like I think he needs to fill that like a Swiss Army knife type role. Right. Oh, like, on a championship team, 
Right. Yeah. On a championship team, he's closer to Iguodala, Harrison Barnes. He's yeah, closer yeah. to that type of player. But the only thing is, is that Harrison is a lot more skilled than him. So it's tough, you know? It's uh... I, I like what I saw from RJ in the second half of last year. He's still got a lot of developing to do. Um, yeah, you know what he, you know what he has a lot of will. Like you could tell he wants to get better. Yes. he plays hard. I think he fits the Knicks in that way, like that old '90s Knicks style, where like yes. everybody was a hard worker. You know, he he he's one of our better draft picks over the last twenty years. Um, I just I'm not, <laughs> that's crazy, right? It, it's the truth. It, it's it's the goddamn yeah. truth. But take Halliburton if they if he's there. I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, he, he might be the pick. I just don't know how Thibodeau feels about young guards. I think that's another reason why CP3's name is getting floated around. Thibodeau wants so to they're come gonna in. So you think they're going to trade that pick? The rumors I've been hearing are that they're going to trade the pick and, and move lower in the first round um, to possibly draft Kara Lewis uh, or Maxi. They're not going to drop too far down. They, they'll, they'll probably move that eighth pick and move down to like 13th or 14th and still grab a guard and grab more assets. They already got two first round picks this year. So they'll try to um, get a future first from somebody in a trade. How's that workout? How, how's that workout looking? Cause it, um, is, this gonna, is this gonna be on YouTube after? That's what I wanna know. I yeah, gotta yeah, watch it. It'll, right it'll be on YouTube. Only only thing that concerns me about Anthony Edwards, he's up right now. Um, Maxi went first. Anthony Edwards, a lot of what they're showing is, is things that we already knew, which is, you know, ability to get to the rim, He's working on he's like he's like, dunk, right he's like dunking with his head above the rim and stuff. Yeah, right? highlight highlight yeah. dunks. His three point shooting wasn't that impressive to me, um, but it, it's standard stuff. So it's kind of like what you and I talked about that they they were going to show basically all the strengths, not really focus on anything else. We called um, it like we always do, Eric. Yeah, we, we called we on it point like we with it, man. Do, you know what I mean? It, it's a star study. <laughs> it's a it's, it's it's a lot of stars in attendance though. I see LeBron and AD out there. They went to the workout. So okay, and and okay. clutch. Clutch is uh combo's not there though, so I don't know. It's, yeah, yeah. It's I okay mean they put it together that, late, you know? combo. I think they wanted to get you out yeah. there, but they, they put it together so yeah, late. Yeah. No, they 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 knew I was on the Eric Sanchez show. They knew they knew you were coming on, so they yeah, said, they look, knew. we'll get combo yeah. the next time. Yeah, but um exactly. now the workout for the most part is looking good, man. And I hope my Knicks, you know, back to that. I hope the Knicks do something productive in this draft. We've got a lot so of so wait, who would you time. like if they do keep the pick, who would you like to see them? draft I, i'm feeling maxi i'm getting maxi vibes from i him. like maxi a lot i do yeah i'm see? not gonna lie um i think eight might be considered a little high so you like maxi over halliburton this is what concerns me about halliburton i like halliburton's game but it's it's pick and roll dominated and unless Thibodeau is going to be comfortable running pick and roll a lot i don't want the kid to feel out of place trying to run set offenses that he's not comfortable running that's my only what's thing. wrong what what's wrong with him off the ball too off the ball, I don't think anything's really wrong with him. But if, if I'm investing a uh, number eight overall pick in a point guard, I want him to be the facilitator. I want to let's develop. We're not going anywhere anyway. So, you know, let's not make it seem as if like, oh, we only need you for this. You're our point guard. Let's live with your flaws now and develop you working with RJ, working with Mitchell I, Robinson. Yeah, I, I would take Halliburton. I, I don't mind it. Like I said, I don't mind Halliburton. I like Maxie as well. But either one of those guys, I'll be happy with. Um, you know, it can't be worse than when we took Frank a few years ago. So it's, it's all right with me. A lot of people are high on Frank, by the way. Yeah, people have been high on Frank for about four years now. Uh, I still haven't seen it. <laughs> I, I, they I'm say young. he will be a great contributor to a great team. Not, uh, he, he holds no values to a bad team. That's, the, that's, uh, I think I, that's like an NBA Twitter thing. I mean, that's, that's an easy way of saying like, you're a, a quality eighth guy on a playoff team 
which isn't really they're saying, saying there's they're saying he's a he's not a floor raiser he's a ceiling raiser that's what they're trying to say whatever that means uh i, I just it's, <laughs> it, i'm just saying when you draft a guy in the lottery he's not supposed to be a uh what is it he's not a floor raiser a ceiling raiser yeah, like they, they try and say that Westbrook's a floor raiser. Like if you have Westbrook on your team, you're automatically going to make the playoffs, but there's a good chance you won't win a championship. So if you add Frank. So they're, ba- so, so they're basically saying that Frank is the opposite of that. <laughs> so, 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 so we're, we're clear. So Frank can't get you to the playoffs, but somehow he makes your championship um, window. Yeah, because he fits a role really well. Fits a role really well. I, I never like the idea of drafting a guy in a lottery that that's supposed to be just a, a role player. You're 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 looking to bring a guy in who's going to be special, and in a no, draft I'm with you. I'm with you. in a draft where we where you passed on Donovan Mitchell to take Frank, we're never going to get over. Ty, 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 Tyrese's and, playmaking is is kind of magical. I do like his playmaking. No, no, I said, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I like him. Um, and another thing, how's uh, how's how how's Maxi's vision? How is he as a playmaker? Does he make people around him better? See, the, that's the tough part with Maxi because I, I, I think that's he's more why of a I like Halliburton. Uh, you're right. You that's, got that's me. what I'm you saying. Got you got me there. If we yeah. get Maxi, he's going to be similar to having RJ. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. But I mean, yeah. and, and I'll, I'll say this on Frank and then we're moving on. In a draft, like I said, that not only we pass on Donovan Mitchell, we also passed on Shea Gillis. So, yeah, that guy is tough. We're wow. we're, we're we're never gonna be able and to also, let that down. People are on him on the bubble. Like people want to get so want to be so hard on these young talents. Like it takes some time, but I mean, he showed a lot of greatness already. He's gonna be a really good player. He's 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 gonna be a really good player. I thought I thought he was a little timid in some of those crunch time moments. But that's right. expected. That right. was his first time. Yeah, yeah. That was He'll his be first right. time. Um, now I, I want to transition. I want to give you a couple hypothetical trades. Let's do right. it. We talk about teams, and we'll stick with the East. Boston, I thought very highly of. They lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. You were right on in your analysis where you said, look, good team up top, but ultimately they don't have the depth. Thank you. Gordon Haywood, expiring contract. He's expected to be flipped. I want to ask you, do would you, in Boston's situation, would you flip his contract for either Miles Turner or would you flip him to Orlando for Vucevic? Miles Turner. Okay. I think Miles Turner, I think Miles Turner is better defensively, which really hurt them last year when they were playing against Bam. Um yeah, I think Miles Turner would help them. I mean, would the Pacers do that though? I don't know. The rumor is the Pacers are looking to move on from Miles Turner. They felt uh they, they so just feel like they're, they're going the analy- they're going the analytics route. Right. They're going the Dow Mori. So they're gonna play Gordon Hayward at center. <laughs> no, they would play Sabonis at center. That's true. That I'm just messing around. I know. I know. They would. They would. But no. But they could. They could probably go. They could probably go with that lineup with Gord et cetera if they want to, right? Some, something like that. Some that. Some Daryl Morey stuff going on. I mean, they just. It, signed, I. I think. I think their coach is an analytics-driven coach, right? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was yeah. the assistant in Toronto. See, so, it's all coming together. Gordon coming at the five, small ball five, six, right. six. You know. You see where we going you know, with what, it? You see? Go. Yeah. Go with that lineup if they want. You know, I, I see, I see, I see what's going on. But because yeah, I, I, I guess, I mean, yeah, they need a big man. They need a big man, and Miles Turner could stretch it a little bit, right? They need a big man that could stretch it. So yeah, because they got rid of they got rid of Baines, and Bob Ryan pointed this out. Like they probably shouldn't have got rid of Baines. They um, probably shouldn't have got Baines. Yeah, Baines ended up being a cap casualty um, because they were able to get cancer for cheaper than Baines. Cancer, I think, only yeah, but, signed but, for like five but, mil. But, 
Baines is such a better defensive player. He is. But what happened was, remember, they, when they make the move for Kemba and they bring Kemba in, they were cap-strapped at that point. And so I think Baines got somewhere closer to 10 mil from Phoenix. They were able to just get cancer for cheaper. So they end up having to go with the cheaper alternative because Kemba became a higher priority for them. So if they would have just paid more money, they could have kept Baines. Um. Yeah, so they it all depends so they on... Won, so if they would have paid more money there, cap. they probably... They might have beat the Heat with Baines. Probably. He, they he, had he, a better he, chance. Yeah, they wouldn't have had to rely on, on some of the young guys, um, you know, having to play big minutes for them down the stretch. Baines would have been hacking. Baines, Baines would have used his fouls on, on Bam, that's for sure. He yeah, he, I mean, we know that's what he would have done. I, I just, like I said, I, it would have it been tough. It would have been tough to make it work um, just because of the way they view Kemba. Now, looking back on it now, knowing that Kemba was hurt most of the season, well, since the All-Star yeah. break anyway. He no, he wasn't was hurt quite during right. the bubble. You could tell. Yeah, he wasn't quite right. Yeah, looking back on it, like it would have been smarter to just keep Baines and and figure out the point guard situation uh, with cheaper alternatives, which I think they could have done as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. but yeah. I think if you're Boston, I, I like either one of those guys, and the reason I, I mention those two guys is because as we know, Boston is probably that one piece away. Um, I think if yep. you if you go after Vucevic, especially in the East, right? Right. I think they're one yeah. piece away. I think if you go after Vucevic, I think you can also get Terrence Ross because I think Orlando's trying to dump him off, dump that contract. Is Vu is Vucevic a ceiling raiser though? This this I uh, feel like I feel, I'm killing you with this raiser, stuff, but... floor lower a ceiling raiser, whatever we want to call it. Uh, in that yeah, situation, you see what I'm saying though. Yeah. I, I feel. I know I, I feel like he's like really good as like a go-to guy on a team that can like get you in the playoffs. Like. Like, how does he fit? Like, he doesn't really stretch it. Like, when they want to play, I don't know. I think Miles See, Turner is a. I, I like Miles. I like Miles Turner better for them. You know what I mean? Miles. Like, I, I think versatile. he could space it better. I think he's a better rim protector. I just think he fits that team a lot better than Vucevic, which I like Vucevic. Like that guy's he's tough, man. That guy's tough, but I don't think he fits the Celtics like Miles Turner would. I mean, Miles is more versatile, but I think Vucevic yeah. probably fits a bigger need for them because they're so perimeter oriented now. They don't need another guy who can shoot the three. They need a guy who can go in the paint and just get you a bucket. Well, that takes away driving lanes from Tatum and Vucevic Brown is a decent enough mid. He's a decent enough mid mid range shooter. Eric, you were a guard. You were yes. a guard when you yes. hoop, right? Like yes. if you were hooping in open gym, you used to get annoyed with that guy that used to just be there posting up while you're trying to drive to the basket. Like, if he was if he was slow and just lumbering around, yes, yeah. that's, the worst, that's the worst dudes. That's the worst. That's dudes. what I'm saying. Like so, my right. could stretch it. He could run with you. You're gonna throw. You might throw a lob to him once in a while, Eric. You'd be happy in the in the YMCA with Miles Turner. With, yeah, with, I mean, with 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 Vucevic, you might be like, yo, this whole game is revolved around him. But I could do my thing too, but not really with this guy in the paint. So I'm just trying to break it down, like how you would look at it. You know? Absolutely, no, I respect it, bro. Yeah. I, I, I listen. I think either one of those guys is an upgrade. Daniel Tice can't be your starting center. Uh, well, Daniel Tice played pretty good, man. He I can't like be your starting center if you're trying to go to the finals. You know that. Come no, on, no, yeah, bam, 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 hurt him, man. Bam, bam, that was bad. That was yeah, bad. bam. I mean, listen, they they've got to upgrade the center position first and foremost. Do you feel we for a long time have been talking about Brad Stevens? Is it make a break for him this year? I don't think so. Like in terms of championship or bust, like what if they play great? No, if they play great and win the East and then lose to the Lakers, no. 
He's not going to get, they're not going to let him go. So if they get to the finals, fine. But if they don't get to the finals. I think Eastern Conference, he'd still be safe. Okay. I think, I, I, I think he, because that team is really, really, I mean, I mean, I know you get older every year. Like eventually you have to say they're not young anymore, but they are really young, you know, with Brown and Tatum and, and he really has proved to be a good coach. So no, but if they lose in the first round or second round, yeah, I could see it. Like, and also, first of all, there's only three safe jobs in the league. That's Popovich, uh, Carlisle, and Spolstra. So anybody else could get fired. Fair enough. What about yeah. um, we, we know we're, we're entering the, the year of Giannis, which is obviously going to be the spotlight all season, no matter when they start up. They don't win it, Coach Bud. He's safe or he's, he's losing that job. Yeah, it might be over for him. But I, I think if he makes the finals, it won't be over for them and they lose to a West team, you know. But also a lot of that has to do with what Giannis wants. Would you trade Giannis this offseason? It depends on the vibes you're getting from Giannis, right? And his I camp. mean, the, the, the clearest vibe is going to be they're going to try to extend him at some point this offseason. Yeah. So if he says, no, I want to play out this year, do you take that as we got to get rid of him because he's leaving no matter what? Or do you feel like we have one more year to impress him? Who's better? A, I, I'm changing the subject totally. Who's better, AD or Giannis? AD. Yo, I was debating this guy. I, I agree with you. I, I had There's this guy no on my... I had this guy on my podcast and he was debating me for like, like 10, 15 minutes. And I was just, he wasn't no, listening to me. There's no argument you can make for Giannis. What's yeah, the argument? No, no, no. I, I'm not even going to try and play devil's advocate here. No, I'm just saying, even if I try to play devil's advocate, what's the argument I can make? No, but this AD, guy, this, this guy on my podcast, he was so, he was so, man, he was so convinced. That, you know what he told me? You know, this guy told me that, AD is a poor man's Giannis. How is not, not, not those words, not poor man's, but to that effect, to that effect. something like he's, that. He's a lesser yeah. version, basically. Yeah, I'm exactly. I'm like, what? I, I would just like to know in what areas, because KD's a better jump shooter. KD's a better three-point shooter. Better I touch, even when you don't better. get all the way to the rim, like floaters right. and hook shots. Everything. Everything. Lob threat. And, I think. Well, his I think, point, okay, so, so I will play devil's advocate for him. His thing was that, that AD had LeBron, and when AD was with the Pelicans, they didn't do that well. So if you switch Giannis with AD, and you have Giannis with LeBron, LeBron still wins. Basically, that's everything he was saying. This is not me. Yeah, but any listen, any player, any any top five player playing with LeBron is probably gonna win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, and, so and I think I think me, you, and him would agree on that. Yeah. So, you know so I mean? swapping swapping AD for Giannis and saying, "Oh, the Lakers would still win." I mean, that's not really saying much. I yeah, remember, yeah, exactly. I, that, I was, remember, that was my that was my point. That was my point. I don't remember a point during AD's career with the Pelicans where they were ever the number one seed or had the best record in the West because it never happened. So AD was playing in a tougher conference pretty much by himself. He played with Boogie for half a season. Yeah. Drew Holiday was his best teammate. Like, AD never had the supporting cast around him. So... Yeah, I'm with you, man. Giannis, is, Giannis has played, for, for the most part, in the weaker conference. They've been the favorites to come out of the East three times. They didn't even get to the finals. Yeah. And, no, I'm and, with you, man. And Giannis, the book on Giannis for the last three years has been the same thing. Just wall up. On defense, wall up. 
Don't allow him to get a, head, a, a full head of steam going to the basket. I was telling him that. That's Giannis's thing. I mean, yeah. Giannis is really great. Giannis is really – he's a great player. But his thing is having the basketball in his hands, going downhill, scoring on one level with limited vision, which is very schemable in the playoffs. And that was my whole thing the whole time with him. But he was basically saying, like, if they had a CP3, a real point guard, it would really benefit Giannis and they would win a championship. And then I told him that that would be a big adjustment for Giannis. That would be a huge adjustment for Giannis. He's not going to. He, he, he has yet to show any post game or any off the ball game. So I don't, I don't yeah. see this. I don't see how CP3 I'm makes him so much better. I'm with um, yeah, I don't get that. I don't get that analysis at all. And yeah, I, I don't think I, we can't say that CP3 makes him a title contender because CP3 ain't never been to the finals. So just because CP3 joins that team, now they're a final contender. So a guy who's never been to the finals makes the team a finals contender? When he's not even in his prime anymore, you know? He's at least four years removed from his prime. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> So I'm with you. Yeah. With and, you. In, in regards to the original topic, like I said, I, I, think, I wish we could, I wish we could have a debate, which is always good for podcasts, but we can't cause I'm with you. There, there is no <laughs> debate to be made on that. But in, in regards to the original, like I said, the, the comment, I think if, if Giannis doesn't make his intentions clear and say, I'm resigning, you have to explore trade possibilities. Yeah. If you're, if no, you're Milwaukee, they're in such a bad spot financially, as far as cap, that team is locked in. There are no other moves to be made. You, you're not flipping Bledsoe at this point. Maybe you flip Middleton, but are you flipping him for enough pieces to get you over the hump, or are you are you flipping him to make a move sideways, pretty much? Yeah, exactly. Like once you, I feel like you're rebuilding once you get rid of Middleton. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So if if Giannis isn't willing to resign right now, you would have to assume that you're going to probably lose in the playoffs in the second round or Eastern Conference Finals again, and then. Giannis is going to make the decision to move on to a better situation. People need to give Middleton his credit too, because he was showing himself when Giannis wasn't there. Like he was carrying them. Like that guy is, he's better than a lot of people think, you know, we talked about he, it. Yeah. He, he's yeah, he's yeah. better than a lot of people think. And he's yeah. not the reason that they can't get over the hump. No, it's, it's, he's not the reason. Like his game is basically tailor made for the NBA. Like he could shoot, he could defend. He's very efficient. Like the way the modern game is now, like he just, He's just really very, 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 very good. You know, like, you know what I mean? He's amazing, man. But they, they've got yeah. some issues that they got to figure out. Um, like I said, yeah, moving forward, if not, they, they're going to have to move on um, from Giannis, man. Yep. And, uh, and what was my prediction months ago? Giannis will win a championship as a second option somewhere. I'm telling and you. I, I think that's, that's still in play. That's still yeah. in play, man. Uh, combo as always man it's been a pleasure man uh before we wrap up i know you know it's it's hard to predict moving forward we got the draft coming up early predictions for next nba season who who do you have as the favorite obviously lakers look to be the the best team coming back is there any team that could dethrone the lakers next year lakers and six versus philly oh you gave us a finals prediction yeah nice so that means Kawhi and Paul George will both be free agents next summer. <laughs> you know what, though? I, 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 do, I do think the Clippers will be a lot – like, I, they're not going to – they're going to be a lot better in the playoffs, I'll tell you that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers won. Like, I, they're going to be a lot better. Um, they're going to do some things to figure it out. They're not going to be in that bubble next year, hopefully. Who knows? But I think they'll be a lot better. So I wouldn't be super surprised if the Clippers win, but I'll give Lakers, you know. 
I, I would pick the Lakers right now. And I, and I want to see Philly do good because I'm, I'm still a believer, man. I'm still a believer. I agree. I agree. I'm I would love to see them do well. I would love to see them kind of shut up the critics because anytime you've got two top 10 talents like that, you know, you want to see them play on a bigger stage. So I, I hope they do it as well. And I would love to see Doc kind of redeem himself a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know what? If ben, if ben and Joel have that chip on the shoulder, like Doc will probably have, and they're all on the same page with that. And Dow Morey is really smart. I know he does. Those two guys don't fit with him, but you think they wouldn't fit with them, but I think Daryl Morey is smarter than people think. Like he's not going to try and go with the Houston style of play. Um, he's going to figure out an analytic with, with an analytic, with an analytical perspective, how to work with this group, you know, and build around this, these two superstars. So I really think it'll be interesting with them and the Rockets, you know, I, I agree. I think there's going to be a blend there of, uh, yeah old school coaching with analytics and then these two generational talents to make it work. And, and I and, told Bob and I, and I told Bob Ryan this, they're all going to have to adjust. Daryl, Joel and Ben. And I didn't mention this to Bob, but doc too, they all got to figure it out together, but there's a, there's a lot, that's a lot of talent. Daryl Morey, doc rivers, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. That's a lot of talent right there. It's a lot of, you know yeah. I mean? Some good basketball minds around good talent. And yeah. I, I want to say too, I, I, because as we've talked about it, I'm thinking about it more and more. If the Knicks were to get Chris Paul, right? You want to stay on the Knicks, man. Of course. I mean, I'm a Knicks fan. Combo, come on. Yeah, I got you. I this is what we got. All we got is hope. All we got is hope, all right? And speculation. I, this I, I, like the com- I like the combo's court logo better than the Knicks logo <laughs> on your shirt. Uh, hey, we, we repping the brand. All right, all right, all right. If they were to get Chris Paul and then Melo decided- Shout out to the Knicks, though. Shout out to the Knicks. Yeah, Shout out to the Knicks. I mean, we finally got a respectable head coach along with a front office that looks like they, they have an idea of what they're doing. I'm actually excited that Mike Woodson's back because I always like Mike Woodson as a coach. Um, yeah. If they were to get CP3 and then Melo decides, you know what, I want to end it off in New York with my boy CP3, you know that does set up the speculation of LeBron coming to New York. What? What are you talking? Right. If that's where it would go. That's you can find me at one two combo. That's O N E E W O C. Come on, man. That's where the speculation would go. I'm not saying I'm not saying this season. I'm saying after next season. Well, you know what? If if they draft Bronny, then you have a chance about like whatever years from now that is. That's your only chance. We got seven. Fir- we got seven first round picks over the next four drafts. So wait, wait. How many more years? Bronny. How many more years you have to wait for Bronny to get drafted? Uh, because he's a he's a he's going into a sophomore year, and if the NBA changes that rule, he'll be in the draft in three years. Yeah, yeah. You got a chance for LeBron then. Okay, that's what I'm saying. It'll be yeah. an old CP3 and an old Mellow, but finally we'll get out. And LeBron, LeBron team. probably won't fall off that much because it's LeBron, right? I mean, you know. Even even at forty, he's probably still a top fifteen player. Yeah, that's crazy, right? And 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 honestly, that's typical New York fashion anyway. Put we that on a flyer. That's we normally one. we normally get guys when they pass their prom anyway, so that would be perfect timing for us. Yeah, you just, yeah, most definitely. We'd be there. Combo, it's on man. brand. It's on brand. It's on brand. Yeah. Combo. Before we go though, man, again, shout out the podcast. Let everybody know where they can find you at, man. You can find me on Instagram at one two combo. That's O N E T W O C O M B O. On Twitter at combos court. That's C O M B O S. C-O-U-R-T. And, uh, you know, listen to Combos Court, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. We're just, you know, we're working. We're working out here, Eric. We're working. Absolutely, bro. Hey, we respect your work, man. We see you out here grinding, man. 
appreciate you stopping by the show. We're going to do it again real soon. Yes, sir. I think this was our best one, man. I think they this, they this always get better one. and better. They always get yeah, better and better. I mean, they're all good, but you know, you know what it is. Yeah, appreciate Already, you, bro. Talk soon. Appreciate it, man. Talk soon. Yes, sir.